Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we help you get leaner, stronger, and perform better through nutrition, movement, and the art of inner work. If you want to learn how to calculate and count your macros, you can head over to beyondmacros.com slash worksheet to download our calorie and macro calculator worksheet and get started for free today. This week's episode is an interview I recorded with Beyond Macros coach Ray Scott about her experience with functional diagnostic nutrition training after she finished the program about two months ago. This is just another tool in her toolkit as she continues to constantly refine her craft. Here is one of her happy clients, Sacha, to talk about his experience working with Coach Ray one-on-one. What was life like before Beyond Macros? Um, I used to weigh and measure everything, and my guessing game was pretty bad. I thought it was pretty good, but I soon realized that I was off. I didn't really see a lot of changes in my performance or my body. Uh, Things that changed when I got uh, into Beyond Macros was I was a lot more accurate uh, in my calorie counting and my macronutrient counting. I included a lot more variety of foods instead of eating the same foods all the time. Um, my results were pretty good. I went from 21% body fat down to 14 in about eight weeks. Lost about five kilos of weight and gained a couple of kilos of muscle. Uh, in the long run, the things I'll take away from being with Beyond Macros is more carbs were good for me. Um, energy levels got better. Uh, I felt better, slept better. I'll make sure I always have a variety of different foods instead of eating the same foods. And my guessing game has improved with my eyeball um, compared to what it was before I started. The experience was really good. Uh, I learned a lot from it and I'd recommend it to anyone who wanted to give it a go. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Ray Scott. I'm curious, like, I know for me, why I ended up going to FDN was just like, I was having some clients who it's like they were at a deficit, they were exercising and they just weren't getting results. And mm-hmm. I asked a friend who had been in the industry for a while, like what further education I should get. And that's the direction they pointed me. I'm curious for you, like, what did you notice with clients that made you realize that you wanted to further your education? And why did you choose FDN to do that? Mm-hmm. Um I started getting interested in FDN through myself personally uh, with my own health issues. I was struggling, um, feeling really, I went through a period of time about two years ago where I was having no energy, started having anxiety attacks out of nowhere. Uh, and I just didn't like feel myself. And someone pointed me in the direction of a functional nutritionist. And when I went there, I was having, they were asking me a ton of questions and it was super interesting. Like, was I ever exposed to mold? Things I've never would have ever thought about like why my body might have been reacting the way it was. Um, and that kind of sparked my interest in knowing that there was another way of medicine in a yeah. sense. Um, and then knowing what I knew about nutrition, I felt like it really went hand in hand. And then when I started finding, you know, more information from clients that, yeah, were struggling to get to a certain point, you know, they had been dieting for so long or they feel like they've tried everything, um, but they weren't getting to the point that they wanted to. Um, once I looked into FDN, I felt it was a really great addition to nutrition coaching and being able to get those people that were struggling to kind of take it to the next level. Um, yeah. Solid. And then, yeah. So, I mean, you already mentioned it, some of your issues specifically. So I'm curious, like, what did you end up uncovering when you were going through the self-testing part of FDN? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I 
you know, through the steps, we did uh, certain tests at a time. And the first thing I found out was that I wasn't having a lot of cortisol production. So I was technically in an adrenal fatigue, which is another way to put it. Um, I was really, I would sleep eight to nine hours and just couldn't even get out of bed. I was so tired. Um, would just be tired throughout the day. Getting to the gym was like a struggle. Uh, so when I found out that I wasn't producing cortisol, it really made me realize, well, this might be why I'm feeling this way. Um, and then fast forward a couple more tests later, I found out that I had H. pylori bacteria infection, which was causing a ton of um, stomach issues that I was having. I had developed ulcers. And when I went to the doctor, before I got into the functional medicine, I just went to a regular doctor. They scoped me, they gave me antibiotics and set me on my merry way. When never really told me why I had developed an ulcer, like I wasn't in chronic stress, you know, which is another way to develop an ulcer. Um, so I was kind of confused. Why am I taking this medicine? Yeah, I feel a little bit better, but why are my, like, where did my symptoms come from? Uh, and that's with FDN when I took that, um, one of the tests and found out I had H. pylori, found out H. pylori is one of the biggest leaders to ulcers. And that kind of answered my questions as to why my stomach was the way it was. Um, so then I went into all the treatment to get, you know, to get rid of my H. pylori to kind of discover the root cause and kind of take it from there. Yeah. So after you went through the protocol for especially the H. pylori, what were some of the things that you started to realize and where did you take it from there? Yeah. So um, first I just realized I needed to get rid of the H. pylori. You know, that was that was the root cause. There was some other things, you know, the fatigue could have been caused from the H. pylori. So the first thing I had to do was to get rid of the H. pylori. So I actually went on an herbal tea, which is supposed to be um, supposed to be 100% guaranteed to work. It's a 30-day tea supplement that I took twice a day. And maybe about a week into it, I started to notice my bloating symptoms go away, uh, less pains in my stomach. So, you know, I stuck, I stuck with that for the 30 days and that which got rid of the H. pylori. And then there were some other supplements on top to kind of help with the adrenal fatigue a little bit to make me feel a little bit better. Um, supplementing my sleep a little bit more, started taking melatonin to get some deeper sleep. Um, yeah. Sweet. So you mentioned some things that were like supplement oriented, like the tea and some of the adrenal support supplements. And you already kind of dived into some of the lifestyle stuff, like the getting your sleep dialed in. I'm curious, what were some of the lifestyle factors that you implemented? Because I know that with FDN, there's like the dress for health success protocol. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's like, you know, you're not going to follow that to a T because you're like, it's like your lifestyle is your lifestyle and mm -hmm. you got to make shifts. So I'm curious for you, what are some of the things that you shifted in the healing phase and like, what have you carried on? Yeah. So I kind of had my diet. I felt my diet was pretty much in check. Just, you know, I've always eaten healthy being a competitive athlete. I've, you know, I'm very conscious of what I'm eating. Uh, so the first thing for me was the supplements was yeah. starting to introduce these new supplements that I've never taken all the herbal supplements. Um, and just kind of being very regimented with them. And as soon as I started that, I noticed a big difference on the way my body was feeling, the way I was recovering, my joint pain started to go away. Um, so that was first and foremost was the supplements. And then, you know, I've always been a good sleeper, but the fact that I wasn't getting, I think, restful sleep, um, yeah. you know, again, incorporating the supplements, but also just making sure I had a good routine pre-bed, not just, you know, checking Instagram, checking Facebook and falling asleep. Like I would try and ease my mind, do some meditation, do some stretching to get myself to, you know, kind of turn off my mind and be able to have a more sound sleep and, you know, actually track my sleep with my, with my whoop and my deep sleep kind of 
enhanced a little bit more. I went from not having as much deep sleep to having more deep sleep and feeling rested, waking up. I started waking up, you know, 6am and just kind of feeling ready to take on the day and never really hitting those, those slopes. And that made a huge change on just, you know, my body overall and just the way I felt. Yeah. Awesome. What are some of the things? So you, would you do like stretching and meditation pretty much every night? Yeah, I started to um, mainly stretch every night. Um, I tried, you know, with the stretching, I tried to do some breathing exercises, which, you know, to me was more of like that meditation kind of uh, focusing on the belly breathing. Um, and I started to incorporate that every night. You know, there's nights where I get home late from work and I don't get a chance to do it. And I do notice a pretty big difference in my sleep. But yeah. stretching um, before bed and just kind of putting my phone to the side has been the biggest, the biggest change. Solid. Um, one other thing I forgot that I did incorporate, um, nutrition wise, I did a food intolerance test yeah. and I found out a ton of foods that my body was intolerant to. So finding out that I had H pylori led me to believe that I had some leaky gut. My stomach lining was kind of breaking down. So I had a bunch of food intolerances. Um, so I had no idea I was eating chicken, avocado, strawberries, and all these foods were causing inflammation in my stomach. And that was contributing to my bloating and uh, my symptoms. So I did that food intolerance test and eliminated all of those foods. And I've noticed such a difference in my digestion, um, just the way my stomach kind of feels. Um, and I feel that was just another addition to the supplements to getting rid of the H. pylori. And it's kind of just all rounded out together. Nice. Yeah, I found when I did the food intolerance test that for me, I was kind of like hesitant about it because I was like, how could this really test for my food intolerances? Because you're taking my blood out of my body. And then I just went with it because of the training. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm 100% in. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I was like, wow, there's actually been some profound shifts. And I feel like when I remove the food sensitivities, that's when a lot of my fatigue started to dissipate, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interesting thing is it's pretty difficult. Like you said, you were eating chicken and strawberries and avocado and these things all the time that you were intolerant to. I'm curious for you, what did you focus on in order to remove those foods rather than focusing on, oh no, I can't have these. Yeah. So it was, it was scary at first. The first thing to me was it's actually chicken and turkey. And I'm like, chicken and turkey, what am I supposed to do without both of them? Like maybe one without the other. Um, and that at first was really difficult to grasp. I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll switch to, I'll start to widen my range and go with more fish, which I've never really been a big fan of, but it kind of was like a time for me to try out new foods. I'm, I'm very stuck on what I eat daily. And this was just, I took it as like a time to just start to open my palate and eat a little bit more. Um, so, you know, I feel like there's been a lot of ups and downs at first. It was a, this is going to be really challenging. Then when I started, I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. Then when I started getting into it even more, I was like, this is, this is going to be tough. And then I found the week, you know, during the week is, is easy. I'm on my weekly routine. The weekends get tough, you know, wanting to go out to dinner with family and friends. I find that was the hardest, but it's just, you know, I'm sticking to my guns and I'm looking for foods that I can eat and trying to just be as clean as possible. Um, so I can avoid any additives. Um, you know, cause one of mine was wheat and corn. So those are yeah. two that I have to really look out with ingredients. So just kind of going with simple, basic foods when I go out to eat veggies, uh, fish or, you know, some lean meats. Uh, it's been, it's been a ride. I'm almost about a month into it. Um, so I'm still going with it and it's tough, but 
and making it work and kind of focusing on the things that I can eat and knowing yeah. that it's kind of, again, expanding my, my palate and learning to get away from constantly eating chicken and turkey every single day and going with, you know, more fish and ground meats and just expanding. Yeah. I feel you. Cause I feel like with athletes, we are constantly in this state where we have a suppressed immune system and we're actually causing some micro trauma to the gut during mm -hmm. that high intensity exercise. So I feel like a lot of us have permeable guts mm -hmm. and I don't know if you found this, you mentioned a few foods, but like for me, most of the foods that I eat every single day were on my list as well as a few foods that like I kind of intuitively knew, like I don't do well with those. And I yeah. found it really interesting, but then you're only a month into it, but I'm really curious to follow up and hear what your reintroductions like, because for me, some of the moderate reactive foods, when I reintroduced them, it was like, okay, I can never have these. And then some, I was like, oh, no big deal. Yeah. 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 That's definitely, I'm excited for that because I look forward to having strawberries again, just because I love strawberries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of the things on there were foods that I eat. You know, I eat chicken and turkey almost every single day, I yeah. avocados, strawberries, but then there were some foods on there. So at first I was like, well, is it just picking up on the foods that I'm eating? And is that why it's coming, you know, coming up as positive? And then I found that there were some other things that I've never eaten, like beets. I've just never yeah. enjoyed beets and they were a red food for me. They were, you know, really reactive. Um, so then I was like, well, you know, maybe this is accurate, you know, just kind of, as you said, to just commit to it and just go with it. So yeah, I am excited to see uh, when I do reintroduce what foods I can keep, you know, so depending on if they're the moderately or the high reactive foods. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Solid. Yeah. And then the other thing that you mentioned that you eliminated was the coffee. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure you did it for a reason that some people wouldn't have expected. So I'm curious just to hear, why did you end up eliminating coffee for that month and a half? What was it like for you? And we're sitting here drinking coffee. So <laughs> yeah. So it actually, I, when I had first found out that I had like I had ulcer symptoms and I was trying, before I did any of these tests, before I started doing the functional nutrition um, test through the, the FDM program, I, when I went to just a regular doctor and got a scope and they told me I had ulcer symptoms, gastritis to stay away from acidic foods. And the last thing was to cut out was coffee. Cause I was like, I just, I, if I don't have to cut out coffee, I'm not going to cut out coffee. But I eventually was like, I need to cut out the coffee because my stomach pains were so bad. And I cut it out for about a month at that point and all my stomach pains went away. And I was like, well, it is what it is. Um, and then added it back in, felt fine. And then fast forward down the road, these symptoms came back up and that's when I needed to find the root cause. Um, so when I was, when I found out about the H. pylori, one of the protocols when I was on the supplement was to get rid of acidic foods, coffee being one of them. So I had done it in, a, in the past and as difficult it was as it was, I knew how much it helped me and how much it made my stomach feel better. So I did it again. I did it for about a month and a half. The first week was the withdrawals of just, you know, having that little bit of tiredness, but it wasn't as bad as before. And then it was just, you know, craving the taste. I love the taste of coffee. It wasn't so much the energy I was getting from it. Um, and then, you know, kind of the symptoms kind of go away. You feel okay. And then the last week I knew I was getting off of the H. pylori medicine and I wanted to get back into coffee. And the first cup was probably the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And now I'm back <laughs> drinking coffee and I feel good so far. I eased my way back into it. Small cups. Uh, first I started adding some, some almond milk to make sure that it was cutting the acidity a little bit, but now I'm back to full coffee and it's, 
It's the best thing ever. <laughs> nice. Yeah, good thing it's summer too because cold brew is lower acidity, so yes, can get yeah. away with that a little bit more. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So was there anything else that you learned about yourself during the process of the self-testing and the mentorship and, and going through and creating your own protocols? Um, no, just that there's a, I mean, there's a ton, there's been a ton to change. And since I'm still in the process of, you know, you know, with the food intolerances and so I have to still do all my retests. So, um, I just learned that it wasn't one thing. There was a bunch of, I had a bunch of different symptoms and so far it seems like H. pylori has been the big causer of a lot of it, but I realized that, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm in for a long haul to try and really make these changes and to get to the root cause of everything and kind of bring my body back up to homeostasis. Cause it was so long that I was just feeling crummy and not feeling myself. So you know, just realizing that I have to commit to it to get better. Um, but it's been a great process for myself and what I'm taking out of it besides getting better and healing, what I'm taking out of it most is learning myself so that I can pass it on to other people, especially with my clients or anyone that I come in contact that may have some of these same issues. I've already started to, um, help some other people that have been in the same boat. And I think to me, that's going to be the biggest, that's going to be the biggest impact of what I went through is being able to, since I've done the changes on myself, be able to help the other people and get people to feel better. People that have no idea. They think they're, they're doing everything right. They're eating right. They're sleeping, you know, seven to eight hours, but what they don't realize is that they need to dig a little bit deeper. And now I can be that person to kind of help them dig and get them to feel, to feel more themselves and to feel healthier. Yeah. Nice. And I want to dive into how you're planning on implementing that as a coach. But Mm -hmm. the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that after you had done the initial round of tests and discovered that you were in that adrenal exhaustion exhaustion Mm -hmm. state, that you actually backed off training because you had been doing competitive CrossFit training Mm -hmm. really consistently for years. And then after the open, you ended up backing off for a bit. And now you're back to Mm -hmm. doing double days and have a higher intensity and volume. So I'm curious what that was like for you as you reduced your training. And then as you've been ramping it up, are you noticing anything? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, after the open, I knew it was time to, yes, I had found out about the adrenal fatigue a little bit before the open. So I kind of just trekked through to, you know, perform as best I could in the open. And my plan was after to take a step back. And as hard as that is being a competitive athlete and wanting to be in the gym, you know, five, six hours a day, um, it was needed and it was good. You know, I started to, you know, after the open, I kind of let myself loose, didn't track my food, just kind of enjoyed myself. And that was really helpful mentally. And then I was ready to get back to tracking my food, you know, being really healthy, um, starting to incorporate some low intensity exercise just to keep my body moving. Um, it took a while for my body to feel better, but I think once I got back into training, I noticed how much better I feel this time around than I did training for the open, you know, moving my joints are, my joints feel so much better. I can feel the inflammation has lowered so much in my body. My, besides my sleep is so much better. I used to go into training, just exhausted. And now I go into training, ready to train. I feel super energized. Um, and I think, you know, I can feel the difference of taking that, you know, that time off about two months. Um, I can really feel that difference going back into that high level of training again. Um, but what I took from those times off, instead of just jumping back into training and going back to old ways, I've made sure that one, I'm supplementing properly. I'm focusing on my sleep and my rest. Um, 
And really big is I'm focusing on that me time and really incorporating time for myself outside of the gym, whether it be going for to get a massage, you know, going to get my nails done, uh, just something to kind of ease my get my mind off of work training. You know, it comes to be a lot when you're a competitive athlete and you work full time. Um, you know, that stress really builds up. And that's what I don't want to happen this time around with training. I want to keep my stress levels as low as I can. Um, and I think, you know, one of the biggest takeaways was incorporating that time for myself and that time to, you know, relax and take a step outside the gym and not constantly be concerned about being in the gym or working. Um, and I think that's, you know, the biggest takeaway I've had from kind of shifting my, my mentality towards training and getting myself healthy all around. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. yeah. So especially it's like, if you're working outside of the gym, but then you're also working at the CrossFit gym, coaching a few classes or clients and you're training at the gym, it really starts to feel like a lot. Like yeah. I think some people underestimate how much energy it takes as a coach because you're being the person that people lean on all day mm -hmm. and it really takes a lot of your energy. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's so important to have that me time because I find that even people working a desk job don't take that me time and it wears them down. But then when you're physically active at work as well, and it takes that much attention, if you don't take that me time, burnout's right around the yeah, corner. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, you know, Sundays are usually my no non-training days, no work days. I, I spend time with my family, my boyfriend. I get outside of the gym um, and I really just don't think about training until the night, you know, till Sunday night, I get ready for the week. Yeah. Uh, but this past weekend, I had a competition on Saturday and Sunday and I was a little like, oh, I'm not going to have my Saturday. I'm going to go into the week not feeling refreshed. So I took it upon myself to open up my morning, uh, Monday morning to sleep in a little bit, have a good breakfast. I went and got a pedicure just to relax, nice. uh, sipped on a really good protein shake that I got from the healthy food store next door. Uh, and I just kind of took that morning to have that time since I didn't have it on Sunday. So I made sure I kind of rearranged my schedule so I could have that time so that I'm not going into this week feeling hundred percent stressed out. And I do feel a lot better just from, from doing that. And I'm kind of ready to have a solid, solid work week, training week, and just all around pretty good week. Smart. Glad to hear that you took yeah. that time. So, Cause it's so stressful after a competition too. You really need that deload before you jump back into training. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go to the gym and move around today just to make sure my body doesn't stiffen up, but I'm not focusing on a heavy training day. And I think that's something that in the past I would have been like, Oh, you know, it was a team competition. It wasn't, a ton of volume. I'm going to go in and train hardcore Monday because I need to get better. Um, but that mindset has totally shifted to make sure that I'm recovering properly um, and keeping keeping my mentality straight so that I don't kind of hit that hit that wall halfway through training. Um, but yeah, nice, solid. So now this is where I want to talk about. Obviously, you just finished about a month, month and a half ago with FDN. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, have you already started to implement some of the practices that you learned in your coaching practice? And what do you still look forward to adding in to your coaching practice? Yeah, so, you know, I did just finish about a month and a half ago. So ton more to learn, uh, more practices to apply. But, you know, I have taken a few things. One of the biggest things is kind of just knowing more about supplements so for people who maybe aren't having the best sleep, my go-to, you know, start them on a melatonin supplement and see if that, help, that helps. Um, 
kind of to touch upon sleep is the sleep habits. And that has been one of my biggest takeaways that I've already applied to all of my clients, the people who struggle with sleeping, maybe they wake up in the middle of the night, 2.30 every single morning they're waking up or they're just not feeling rested. My first thing is let's figure out what your pre-bedtime routine is. You know, are you again, laying in bed on Instagram, on your phone, or you, you know, watching an intense show that's kind of just like sparking your, your brain way too much and then going to sleep. Um, so I've tried to implement, you know, again, that's those sleep habits that, um, pre-bed routine, making sure people are relaxing their mind before they go to sleep. So that's going to be, I think, you know, the sleep routine and the supplements are going to be the biggest things that I've already started to implement. Um, knowing more, I've learned, through the process, I've learned more about, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, the food intolerance, you know, that's not for everybody, but I have had some clients that I'm like, hey, you know, you're constantly feeling bloated, you're constantly eating, you know, grains, whole wheat, let's let's try and go gluten-free and see if that has any effect on your body. And I've already had some, some awesome progress with people like, wow, a week of no gluten and I'm already not having that midday crash, my stomach is feeling so much flatter. Um, so that's, you know, something I've already implemented. Now, what I'd like to be able to implement and start to learn a little bit more is the actual test to run the test on people, the cortisol test to test their adrenals, um, the test to look for any pathogens. Like I had H. pylori, but there's a ton of other pathogens, parasites, bacteria that are getting into our stomach, looking for people who have leaky gut and are uh, so prone to now all of these food intolerances and kind of knowing what foods we need to take away from. Um, and I think that's more something that I need to start to practice a little bit more, kind of find some test test clients, like anyone in my family who's willing to run these tests, people that I can help out and feel a little bit more confident running these tests, reading these tests, knowing which protocols that they need to take, and then being able to implement that with clients. And I think that is my next step and what I'm really looking forward to, because I know there's a ton more that I can include with FDN uh, into my clients. Yeah. Definitely. It's such a, such a cool learning process too, to figure out like, okay, this is what I've learned theoretically, but then to be able to apply it and see what works and what works in different situations. Cause you know, different tools for different jobs. And it's awesome that you're expanding this toolkit. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, did you end up finishing healthy gut, healthy you? I have not. I'm still, I'm still I got three away quarters out. of the way through. <laughs> I've got like a quarter of it left. I just got to put my head down and finish. Yeah. But. It's, it's one of those things I, I'm like, oh, it's, it's sitting in my office and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Read a couple of chapters and then kind of put it down. But it's been, you know, great to supplement because it's a lot of stuff that, you know, we've learned through FDN and then it's kind of reiterating in this book, but plus other things on top of it. Um, so it's kind of like I'm continuing that education, reading that book, but yeah, yeah I still got to chip away at it. <laughs> awesome. So anything else that you took away from FDN, you're implementing from FDN or uh, any anything that you've changed up in your coaching practice in the last like month doesn't necessarily have to be because of FDN, but I'm always curious to to hear what's changed in the process. Um, no, I think, you know, I feel I do start to share my story a lot with a lot of my clients, which kind of helps them be like, oh, you know, she's kind of been through the same process or, you know, it just. For me, it's nice to let them know what that I've been through this and what I've been through and that I've experienced on myself. And that's kind of how I, how I know, you know, the information that I'm giving them. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, yeah, implementing, implementing my own progress with them and starting to really kind of dig deep. Like, I feel like I'm asking more in-depth questions about, again, I know I go back to a sleep a lot, but that's one of the biggest 
issues that we have, you know, we're not getting enough sleep, but I've just feel like I've been able to dig deeper into my clients instead of just being like, you know, Oh, you know, you're not having the greatest quality of food. Let's change that up. You know, we've, we've kind of hit on all that, all that stuff and uh, making sure their, you know, their macros are in point, their quality of food is good, but now it's like, what's the next step? And I feel like I've developed more questions to be able to dig deeper and take the next step to the people that have either, you know, they've made great progress and now they're kind of at that plateau or people that have just really struggled. They've done everything right. And they can't get to that next step. I feel I have more questions to kind of delve into their, their lifestyle a little bit more. And instead of just focus so much on nutrition, focus on those other aspects of their lifestyle, their stress levels, their sleep, um, and really make a big impact on, you know, their lifestyle altogether. And again, not just so nutrition based. Yeah. I think it's so important because at least from my perspective, and I might've shared this with you before, but I see nutrition as being one of those things that it's kind of sexy in the sense that people think about training and nutrition and they associate that with like abs and summer body and stuff like that. But then they don't think about sleep being something that can lead to that or reducing their stress or taking time for themselves leading to those same positive changes. So because we have this like forward facing sexy title of being a nutrition coach, there's kind of this responsibility upon us to also know those useful tools that can help our clients get to that level, mm-hmm. but that they might ignore on their own because they don't immediately make that association. Yeah. So I'm super stoked to hear that you've got more tools, especially questioning tools in your mm-hmm. toolkit because it just makes you so well-rounded as a coach. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I, when I first started, it was, yeah, I had a nutrition degree. I knew how to tell people how to eat healthy. You know, that's not healthy. Those ingredients aren't healthy. You know, you have to have a balance. I knew all that. And then I'm like, okay, this can only get someone from point A to point B. There's so much more. And I think that's what FDN has kind of brought to me is knowing that there is so much more. And now just constantly researching and seeing other people's point of views um, and just constantly having that, you know, learning more and just reading more articles and just knowing that it's not just nutrition. There's so much more. Um, and being, again, being able to implement that and kind of setting us apart from, from other nutrition companies or macro companies that are just so focused on nutrition and kind of avoid all the other aspects that really go along with it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Right. I hope you enjoyed this episode with coach Ray. You can follow Ray on Instagram at raymarie underscore fitness underscore nutrition. And if you're interested in diving deeper into your health, you can reach out to us about working with Ray one-on-one and running some of the tests that a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner would run. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you get more episodes like this delivered directly to your phone every Thursday. We also always appreciate a nice review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.